0: now and then, if I'm pushing myself to the limits of my conceptual ability. A few days ago, I penned an irritated tweet. What rules, you sons of bitches? Exactly, precisely,
1: up yours woke world. We'll see who cancels who.
2: podcast positively thrilled to be back from vacation my name is bob sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host that's abe how you doing tonight abe doing well bob yeah here we are lori's here too how you doing lord
3: i'm also i'm i'm also glad to be back from vacation
2: tonight is monday july 11th 2022 took last week off Didn't we, Abe? We did. Did not record in observation of the birthday of our great nation.
3: We also don't have podcast recording equipment down there.
2: I could have brought it, packed it up into the old Honda Accord, and we could have done a South Carolina recording of Cast Iron Brains. You, Abe, you traveled halfway across the eastern seaboard of the United States over the... uh, (laughs) the last week, just to record a podcast in Maryland, and then he didn't even do it.
0: Yeah, uh, the, and this was uh, on the other podcast. Uh, it was the 50th episode it was supposed to be. We actually took a few oh, weeks big, off. <laughs> big,
2: 5-0? terrific milestone there. For me to poop on! There are 50 episodes, <laughs> it's pretty
0: good. And, uh, you know, uh, we went uh, using the one of these cheap cut-rate uh, airlines, and uh, we. I was like, I'll just take a backpack, and I like thirty percent of my backpack was just equipment, right? So I had to like say, "I'm just going to wear just very few clothes over the weekend,
2: just so." So, so Abdul Abdul Rahman, <laughs> tell me about all of these strange wires and electronic equipment protruding from your sack, please, sir.
0: By the way, TSA, put in a little more effort. They don't try. Like they they ask you to take off like electronic devices, and I never bother. Just to humor me, catch my Kindle or laptop or whatever. They never do. They just let me through. It's outrageous. But uh yeah, we took all this equipment to record and then every day we're like, Ah, let's just just drink and go to yep. hike or go to a winery or do whatever. Anything other than record. And besides there was no uh planning around record like uh n- nobody came up with any idea, so we're just like, fuck it, we'll just do it some other time. When
2: has that ever stopped you guys from recording before? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> Uh, but we're not here to talk about failed the Biffler recordings. <laughs> we're here to talk about the news of the week. Abe, hey, the Mega Millions jackpot is up to $440 million, approximately. Oh, look at that. It's, uh, that's a big pile of money. Abe, hey, what would you do if you suddenly found yourself in possession of $440 million American dollars?
0: I-, I would not uh i would give it to my I, bro- i'd
2: fill up my <laughs> gas tank that's what i do with that first chunk of change you know because of inflation
0: <laughs> sorry Go of ahead. course it must be said, but uh no, no. I, I would uh just hand over ownership to one of my siblings to deal with it because uh, i would not want to have that kind of money like that's not what i want uh occasionally when it gets to this level in the half a billion and up category I will occasionally, if I'm by a gas station, buy the ticket and throw it away. Just on the off chance <laughs> on the news, they say, oh, it's this gas station. And in my head, I'm like, maybe. The gas
2: station in Conyers <laughs> yeah. sold the winning ticket, but no winner has come forward. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. There's, there's Abe hearing that news on CBS in the morning while eating his meatloaf or his turkey, his turkey patty or whatever. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah.
0: Would you I, uh, would you
2: want that kind of money? Like the only thing would it'd be yes. too disruptive. No, I can think of a almost <laughs> ceaseless series of things that I would do with four hundred and forty million. Or you know, after taxes, it's a, yes. a mere two hundred and fifty million or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, whatever my boss uh, lets you keep. Right. I think
3: these people who say that all that amount of money ruined their life are people who don't manage money very well.
2: Yeah, these are dumb people. But no, it's, it,
3: that's not fair.
2: It's, it's I basically, just
3: think that like you can really quick just fucking spend it, right? Make it gone.
0: Right. I uh, value highly just being left alone like that. Yeah, I strive to be left alone for the most part, and I can't
2: imagine it, my life be 440 left being Four hundred and forty million alone. dollars. You can be left alone I with that haven't. pile no. of money. I,
0: I want to ride a bike on the Beltline and be left alone. I don't mean some gated community with some rich fucks, you know, playing golf. You I want to be that. here, or in DC, all weekend. Nobody bothered me
3: bother you they don't know
0: people will come with their slop stories oh my leg is broken or my kid is hurt or whatever bullshit people say they absolutely
2: would that that brother of yours who's been sent to another continent against his will uh
0: it'll be a lot (laughs) of suddenly
2: pop back up into your life (laughs) there'll
0: be a lot of these yeah so no thanks what do I need money You'd for? You have to eyes?
2: continually <laughs> verify with your parents. So there there were only eight of us, right? Because I'm getting all of these, <laughs> all of this incoming from alleged Somalians.
0: But the thing uh, about families, there's like cousins and other, you know, random ass whatever. And I right. can't verify this. It, it right. can so the plan,
2: them. I mean, obviously you have to put it like immediately you put it into a trust of yeah. some sort so that it... People come to you all the time. First of all, you change your fucking phone number <laughs> yeah. and you delete your Facebook, but they're still gonna find you, of course. Right. Keep your yeah. podcast, though. That's right. You got to keep your podcast. Yeah. See
0: the disruptive nature. I've had my phone for 20 years. and I got to give it up because I'm rich. Outrageous. What's the point of the money? I got to go what into do you hiding. What phone for? That's anyway,
2: the, you you put it into a trust. And you you only have access to enough for you to uh, comfortably live. Yeah. Uh, of course, very very comfortably live.
3: No. After you spend most, like you spend as much of it as you can as, at once.
2: No, see I would, I mean, like I said ceaseless number of plans uh, that I could come up with but the, I only bring up the, not not because it's fun to daydream about what a person would do with half a billion dollars uh, which of course it is and that's why most people buy lottery tickets uh, that's why I, when I do buy a lottery ticket which as, as you do I only buy I have a system for when I buy lottery tickets and that Used to involve because the mega millions used to be one fewer, or no, it's always been the same number of ping pong balls, but it used to involve fewer numbers. Now the numbers on the ping pong balls go up to like 75 or something, oh, I, see. I think. yeah, it, yeah. It used to be only one through 60. And so your odds of winning the mega millions, whatever it was 10 or 15 years ago, was something like one in 178 million, right? Wow. So it's a very a very low chance of it actually happening and so my system back then when the mega and, and by the way it also used to only cost a dollar so a ticket That's was it right. now a mega millions or a powerball ticket costs two dollars which is fucking outrageous right anyway my system was it was based on my my experience as a poker player my i have a, a long storied history as a poker player and my lived experience as a poker player taught me that uh, something about like pot odds and implied odds and sort of like being pot committed. That's uh, those are those are three different poker terms there. That if you know anything about poker, you know a little bit about. But anyway, the point here is that any time that the jackpot got over one hundred and seventy-eight million dollars, I thought, all right. Oh, I see. I get you. I'll put a dollar in the kitty. Yeah. In the in the chance. That that dollar can turn into 178 million right. or more dollars, even if you only have a one in 178 million chance. Right. Like, there's the way that the pot odds work there. It's like, well, what do we—I might as well burn the fucking dollar, right? Like, if—the if dollar is useless right. to me, except as a possible—if if it can suddenly turn into right this insane and sort of unthinkable pile of cash, then yeah. Right. And, of course, that's no smarter or dumber than, like, a $50 million jackpot, which would have the same impact on right, my life. Right, it, but in your head. It's yeah. transformative, right? right. And, and the chances, of course, being just astronomically small. Like, just—and and now it's even worse, is, is the point that I'm getting at. Now it costs you $2 for a fucking ticket. They added all the extra numbers to the ping-pong ball racket machine there, and now it's only a 1, one in 305 million Oof. chance. Like, of you actually winning the prize, so I've had to adjust my my course. thinking here. Yeah. So now it has to go over three hundred million dollars before I spend the money. Now, realistically, according to my old way of thinking, it should have to go over six hundred million dollars right. because of the two dollars because you know? it costs two dollars now. Yeah. But I you know, haven't. <laughs> fucking, it's twenty twenty two. Gas is five dollars a gallon. You know, it's a, that sort of thing. So anyway, that's. That's sort of the thing there. Is if you go and you do you, you calculate the pot odds of a, a current pot size of four hundred and fifty million dollars and only costs two dollars to call, you you like you have to, yeah. right? Like it's it you you literally you might as well just burn the money otherwise. Yeah, that's what uh, I do. Burn the money literally. And right. t- <laughs> you <laughs> to take it to its logical <laughs> conclusion, which is to take the worthless piece of paper that you've just spent two dollars on and put it in the trash can, Maybe which it- is which is where it belongs, right? Because right? you're not going to win, I and mean, yes, yeah. yeah, somebody has to win. I'll well, except that they don't, because <laughs> someone, in fact, does not have to win. Because this is how we got to this position of instead of it being a twenty million dollar jackpot, it's a four hundred and fifty million dollar jackpot. Maybe I'll, since you're modifying
0: your uh, sure to fail strategy, I should give the ticket to like a homeless person, like a dollar, and sandwich it with the ticket, and then if it hits, they can turn their life around.
2: Yeah. Is there a homeless guy in your cuz you're saying that it it ruins lives and like do you actually want this money? I like guess is, is this a conversation that you can have like cuz you're you live in a nice apartment it's a it's a one bedroom in in Atlanta and you have a nice job you're a very comfortable person. We have a beautiful house in in the in Charlottesville.
3: We have a house.
2: We're very we're yeah, but like relatively speaking. Yeah. You, if you line all of humanity up based on relative comfort level over the course of the yeah, last, say, fifty thousand yeah. years, yeah. we're right there at the tip. Even though we're, you know, we're not one percenters right. by any means, but all things being relatively equal, uh, we're at the we're at the front end of the queue. Is that sort of uh, would you turn down half a billion dollars conversation something a conversation that you can actually have with people who are not relatively affluent already? Right and i think probably not. probably right? not, i mean you're yeah. not going to ruin the homeless guy's life by <laughs> handing him a, a lottery ticket worth half a billion. also, dollars.
0: there's not a lot of room for for it to get worse. i mean, you're without a house. <laughs> yeah.
2: i was driving around uh yesterday or today, i forget. there's a guy who who panhandles on the on one of our our corners in town and he was just screaming violently at people in their cars and it's like this is not the this is not the way man not the right approach yeah
0: right but maybe you know i can imagine it's frustrating if you go for hours without these assholes not even giving me a dollar to to get like a burger
3: cash anymore (laughs) that's true
0: yeah there are some that have adapted and they have like venmos and paypal and whatnot but not everyone i had a 50
2: on me i'm not i can't give the guy a 50 that's that's excessive yeah anyway uh that's the lottery news of the week Need to get Strassman on that story so that we could uh, we could play our game. Let's see, Abe. On July fourth in Chicago, while well, we were so enjoyably lounging about the pool in our South Carolina,
3: space, not in public.
2: Yes, around no. our private space. And you, what did you do on the fourth before we get into uh, so there mass was a- murder?
0: Eve. Well, I was uh, hanging out with friends earlier in the day, and I was gonna. See the fireworks, and this weather event happened and uh, ruined the whole thing. So,
2: oh yeah. yeah, I'll I'll put that picture as the as the lead for this uh, this week's episode because that was quite a photo you yeah, shared with us. It, it was like this Nancy. evil storm that just came and just
0: sat for literally the entire time the fireworks were, were to take place. So I just watched whatever the Capitol fourth in D.C. Well, yeah.
2: the Lord's fireworks are more yeah. impressive <laughs> than whatever yeah. the city of Atlanta could have come up with. I'm sure. <laughs> so while you were so enjoyably watching the storm over atlanta and capital fourth is always good to watch though yeah, right? the, yeah. uh, put on a show put some although fireworks on television is never
3: no you have to go it to just the fucking sucks. yeah someday yeah. someday i will take my children to the awful crowded awful dc fourth of july fireworks because it's just that great right although now i'm scared they get shot so yes maybe not
2: yeah. The distance between fireworks on television, even on a, like a really nice big screen television and fireworks in real I like, guess the things they just don't tra- they're not it, in communication with right. one another at right. all. They're just not at all yeah. the same. Chris actually my brother bought a big pile of fireworks in South Carolina. Of course you can buy fucking anything you want. There's no they don't have laws down there you don't need a helmet weed. On, on your motorcycle do That's true. you can't get can't weed, weed here. you can, you can get uh, a giant pile of incredibly dangerous <laughs> explosives that you obviously plan to set off while drunk and inebriated <laughs> in, in more than weed, one way but yes you cannot buy any marijuana anywhere of course
3: <laughs> legally i'm sure you can buy it
2: so my brother got a Pile of fireworks this is the best fireworks display that we've great. ever put on like he bought this a finale box
3: it was 16
2: they were like yeah it was just like a, a cube of like 16 tubes and in the bottom of each one was a fucking rocket and you light a single fuse and they go off in succession no kidding yeah, it was like legit like fireworks shit. Wow, just right good. there in our front yard. It was it was fun. Anyway, it was way more fun than what happened in Highland Park early yes. in Chicago earlier that day. Nice smooth segue there. 21 year old suspect. Obviously, he was arrested later that day and shot up a Fourth of July parade there in a neighborhood in Chicago. Is he the one that went to the roof
0: to shoot at people? Or was yeah, that he house? was
2: just sort of firing randomly into the crowd and killed what was it ten people or something like that I thought it was five, uh, but a number was of people. It five I don't know I, I th- initially heard it was five, but maybe it changed how many oh. died in Highland Park seven deaths oh. forty six people were okay. injured in the in the fracas. I know that we have previously committed to not saying people's names when they commit these crimes because you know the the copycat thing who knows who in our vast audience could be inspired by the fact that we uttered this person's name and and go off uh, in the hopes that in the future cast iron brains would proclaim their name into the into the history books so obviously that's very silly of me not to do that but in this one case I'm going to do it anyway uh, going back on that because it is a very funny name. Uh, I actually forgot the name. Right. It's a funny So the name, yeah. If you, the, the full name is Robert Eugene C R I M O Crimo Cremo or Crimo the 3rd or if you want to shorten it his name the the killer his name is Bobby Crimes the 3rd. Uh, <laughs> He's pretty sweet. If, if you want <laughs> Robert Cremo the Third, like oh oh yeah, old Bobby Crimes. Of course he fucking shot up in the Chicago, parade. Obviously. Old Bobby Crimes from Chicago. Anyway, that's not funny. That guy's an asshole, I and I shouldn't you. be riffing on his name. Uh, but yeah, at like 10-15 in the morning, he shot into a crowd, and uh, it was all adults who died. A total of seven, and he was arrested without too much. There was, like, a police chase, or was that not him? They was... found him in, like, a parking lot or okay. something. I don't know exactly what was going on. He apparently had thought about doing another thing like this somewhere else, but... Madison. ...didn't end up doing it. Did they pin down a, some
0: motivation? Just, like, just, I want to kill people? Well, that's the extent crazy of it.
3: asshole. It's the yeah. same motivation every time. Yeah. Crazy asshole. Yeah. Yeah. This
2: was another one who had a YouTube presence, oddly enough. This is not the... Not the first time that one of these mass eh. violence perpetrators has had a YouTube presence as yeah, like that a Subway,
0: rapper. Yeah, that Subway guy. Uh, I mean, he right. didn't kill anybody, but like, yeah, you're
2: right. There are a few social media types. He apparently attempted to commit suicide a couple of years ago and had had his knives. I guess he didn't have guns back in 2019, but he had his knives confiscated from him uh, and I guess that didn't make the make a difference when it came to him procuring these guns, which he did, once again, procure uh, the weapons that he used. He got those legally. That is a weird uh, threat assessment to make. Like, the knives is too dangerous, but... I don't know that there's a lot to be said about this, and, I mean, maybe part of it is that it happened on the 4th of July and people weren't really super tuned in, but it seems to have gone by without much of a... Uh,
3: it's because it's another. Like it's, it's so frequent. Literally yeah. old news. Like oh, Fourth of July parade. Well, you shouldn't go to parades. It's dangerous. There could be a crazy yeah. person well, shooting people. Well, there's something. People. There's
2: something about the fact that like, it's in the wake of like the grocery store one was bad and then the school one was obviously way worse yeah. and so like yeah. okay so it's only 7 and they were all adults and they were at a parade okay so i guess like well, i mean it's not it coming. it's not good but but compared to a school full of like second graders and third graders uh, it's it's better than that again i don't know if there's anything at all to be said about this uh, there's i'm sure that the the usual noise was made on the right about how this happened in chicago because no. yeah,
3: this is just like all the Chicago normal killings. Right, Same. I thought all the
2: Chicago killings were like
0: gang-related stuff. This is clearly not yeah. that. And Highland Park is apparently like in a posh part of Chicago. I don't know much about Chicago, yeah. but uh, they were saying Michael Jordan used to live there back in the day. Seems like it's like a, it's not like in the city center.
2: It's just- right, but I mean it's still under the more restrictive gun laws. So that's what I mean by the right wing using it to point like well, gun laws don't matter here in the Chicagoland area. They do realize the neighboring states where it is allow people, you can funnel
0: guns that way. To, it's not like it's an entirely coherent argument that they're making. Well, no,
2: of course not. That's not I'm not no, suggesting they, that they, it is. They
3: don't make good arguments. Yeah. They don't work. Yeah.
2: You know, Biden and Harris both made the usual noises that they make about gun control measures and that sort of thing. It is worth pointing out that some progress after the uvaldi thing there was some a lot of the talk was we just have to do something do anything and biden did this past week at some point have a signing ceremony for that bill that came out of the chris murphy deal out of the senate okay house also passed it is a series of very sort of small little half measures that at least it's something i think is sort of the the main takeaway from that and yeah, you know, we could go through and have the exact same conversation that we had a month ago, but let's not let's not do that. I do want to talk about if I can find my list here. Further destruction that happened, not in Chicago, but instead in Georgia at a monument that uh, Lori and I have oh, actually been to.
3: I've been there twice.
2: You were there twice. I didn't know that.
3: I went, went once with Julia.
2: Okay, uh, this is in. Elberton, Georgia, which is the granite, granite
3: capital of the world. The granite capital
2: of the world. Perhaps you are familiar with the Georgia Guidestones, which was a monument, a mysterious monument, erected by a mysterious group of people, and it's basically it's been called the American Stonehenge, but it's not nearly as interesting as actual Stonehenge in
3: It has way more words on in it. In
2: typical American fashion. It's a cheap fucking knockoff of the original and it's sort of weird and Much newer. Much newer. It was it was built I think in the eighties or something like that. Anyway, the Georgia Guidestones had some very you go to the Wikipedia page if you want to learn about the Georgia Guidestones. It's an interesting thing. It's got strange sort of moralistic commands about uh, how to keep humanity in line with uh, nature and that there shouldn't be more than half a million people or or half a billion people. I don't remember the exact number. Some relatively small percentage of humans should be the maximum number of people. On who are the planet on or the in planet. America? Wow. No on the on planet. The planet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's written out in like six or seven different languages and it's on these massive Nineteen foot tall slabs of granite, and they were like, they were arranged in this circle. There's like five or six of them, or four four main ones, and then a a, a capstone. Anyway, it had become a point of fascination and and hate for people who are uh, conspiracy theorists, yeah. and for good reason. Like it is clearly inviting that particularly strange element of humanity to. Take it seriously. And, like, if you take it seriously, it should weird you out. The mistake, of course, is in taking it seriously, right? It's just, it's just a fucking tourist trap in Elberton, Georgia, in order to, like, get people to show up and look at these things and then, like, go buy keychains or something down there in the city center. Taking it seriously is the mistake. And it's a mistake that was made recently by a gubernatorial candidate yeah. for the Republicans— which i need to play that clip now not a serious challenger to be fair but yeah she uh, could afford what was her ad? fucking name candace candace that's right candace taylor who ended up you say not a serious candidate and i do think its <laughs> i do think that it's worth pointing out that she collected like 3.6% of the vote Right. which while not nothing like it's significantly it's, more than like a libertarian gets in any given presidential election. That's true. Right? It's concerning. Like it's, 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 it's more than just uh, a few fucking idiots who didn't know what they were doing accidentally filling in her name. Right. Like 3.6% of the vote is not nothing. Right. And there's uh, a significant number of people who
0: did vote for her, this 3 point whatever percent, where – that, that ad that she – I think that she ran about the, the Georgia Guidestones, like, that probably put her on the map a little bit. So somebody's like, yeah, this person is speaking the truth, and I'm going to vote right. for them.
2: So th- this is – she wanted to sign – this is a big part of her campaign. is yeah. was what she called Executive Order Number 10, Demolish the Georgia Guidestones. For decades, this is from her website. For decades, the global Luciferian regime has seeped its way into our government. They demoralized us with humiliation rituals as they tore down our historical monuments, persecuted our children, locked us down in our homes, and forced us into becoming walking science experiments through a global vaccination program. They erected statues spelling out the exact plans they had for us. And today, we, the people of Georgia, say no more. It's time for us to return the favor. On my first day as governor of Georgia, I will move to demolish the demonic plans of our enemy. The satanic agenda is not welcome in our state. Support my fight by contributing and watch as I turn the Georgia Guidestones into dust. So, first of all, uh, she's got to be like lead suspect, right? <laughs> like, she, <laughs> That's right. Cause, this wasn't like a very uh,
0: strong position that she was competing up with other candidates on. She's like the only one that staked her whole campaign or part of her campaign on this issue. And what do you know?
2: The Georgia Guidestones go go boom, right? So the, uh, did you? I'm sure that you saw the video, but like it's a quite because they have a they have a. A camera on it, yeah. like 24-7 for some reason, uh, presumably for security, I suppose. But it's quite a dramatic explosion, and like the it, it completely destroyed one of the marble, or, or sorry, granite slabs, and apparently caused enough damage that because the GBI was going to be investigating around the site and doing some digging, they felt that they couldn't allow the rest of the monument to stand safely any longer, so they ended up taking the whole thing down
3: should have been more careful fulfilling
2: uh, the, executive like get order a crane 10
3: and lift it instead of destroying the whole
2: thing oh and by the way there was promised on the on the guidestones that there was a, a time capsule buried underneath and apparently they, they did a full excavation of the site and found absolutely nothing oh so, uh, how about that by the way exploded maybe
3: that's what exploded
0: by the way this it was
3: a bomb the whole time <laughs>
0: maybe it proved proved them right but uh, just to kind of highlight how much uh, how important this issue is to this candidate uh, on on her website, the very second item she has is this executive order ten. Not like border, you know, all the stupid Republican uh, stuff that usually happens, like uh, crime and this and that or whatever. It's executive
2: order ten. This is her thing, right? Which makes like what are the first fucking nine? Yeah, uh... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> is she starting if with ten? This is executive order number ten. <laughs> uh... Maybe she just liked the way executive Order 10. Maybe
3: maybe it's like a top 10 where you start with 10.
2: And you work your way back. Yeah. Anyway, uh, play a clip from her ad here real quick.
1: Over 4 billion people have been injected with something that took just nine months to create. Ask yourself why. Back in biblical times, human sacrifice was a form of demonic worship. We're still doing it in present day by killing our unborn. It's the same demons, it's the same sacrifice, it's the same sin. It's just a different time. This is a long shot in and of itself, running for governor against an incumbent. Why are you doing this? If we don't call things out and we don't acknowledge them and we don't take authority and take dominion, over what God's given us, then we are no better than the evil ones that put it up. We've watched as people have destroyed our history and monuments, and in their place, they have erected statues to their own gods. The New World Order is here, and they told us it was coming. It's a battle far greater than what we see in the natural it is a war between good and evil.
2: Anyway, she is a crazy person. Uh, Yes.
3: That accent is just not going to work.
2: Of course, I saw this video a few months ago. I don't know why we didn't get around to it on the show, except that uh, nobody had since blown up the Georgia Guidestones, (laughs) and now they have. Is it silly to worry about this as an ascendant mindset in one aspect of American politics. I mean, it sort of takes the, the old cliche. I forget who came, who came up with the paranoid style in American politics. I I forget who the writer, who, well, whatever. Uh, Like it takes the, the paranoid style in American politics to like just absurd and insane ends. If we're going to see now, granted, she only got 3.6% of the vote. She was not a serious contender for governor. But at the same time, uh, Congress looks increasingly more like Candace Taylor uh, than it ever has before. And one can make the argument that things like that Texas Republican Party platform that we discussed a few weeks ago, that the increasingly insane primary battles that allow for the craziest person to— that the crazier you are, the better off you're going to be in terms of winning your primary seat— and that you, you as, a, as a reasonable, rational, sitting member of Congress will constantly be vulnerable to uh, increasingly crazy people, uh, do, should we, is there any reason to worry that the Lauren Boberts and Marjorie Taylor Greens and Mo Brooks and all of these people who have found themselves in government with actual power, that as we pull back from that and we get into the, the comet ping-pong QAnon, absolute maniac people who now are going to come out into the open and start running is this do we need to actually be concerned about this or is it just something to point and laugh at
0: i mean you can chalk it up as an isolated incident by the way um there was like that author uh like who wrote this book that was supposed to be a fiction a work of fiction like how to like get away with murdering your husband or whatever and then it it, it turns out she like murdered her husband and she was in prison like this uh i'm not accusing this uh candidate for governor or anything, but if it turns out that she wasn't in any way involved, it'll remind me of that. But, uh, so she lost. She wasn't an uh, actual viable contender. And so I wonder if it's more concerning for her type of candidate, who's, who just fixates on random stuff that's not even real policy. Just like, I want to get rid of this thing. That's it. And they, when they inevitably lose, either their supporter or someone who takes inspiration from them acts out on whatever they were talking about. Like, I think that is a concern. But the people who are actually getting positive feedback by the dumb stuff that they say, they find an audience and they vote them in. I think those people, at least for right now, they're seeing success within the system. So they wouldn't probably do anything to disrupt that yet. Uh, So I think this type of candidate is concerning.
2: So here's what I wonder about. Here's what I wonder about, which is that I know I've known about the Georgia Guidestones for a very long time, largely because I listened to a radio program called Coast to Coast AM uh, back in the day. My the pizza driving days, we would have from midnight to six a.m. You would have Coast to Coast AM on at at midnight. They would play an hour from yesterday's show and then at 1 a.m. they go live and they have a live show from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. and then there's another hour of replay from the 5 to 6 a.m. Oh. Uh, segment. This is with the so, Art Bell, right? Right, This is, so this is Art. Art was, was live so
3: great.
2: for four hours a night and it was when it was Art, it was spectacular. When it was George Norrie who took over that seat, it was not as good but still like, it's fucking 3 in the morning. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Listen to that uh, Beck CD, the information for the 543rd time as you close <laughs> down the pizza restaurant? No, we'll put on fucking kooky George Norrie and hear what the literally insane truck drivers of America have to say when they call into open lines on Friday night. The point is, I used to love listening to Coast to Coast, Art Bell, all the crazy stuff that they used to talk about on the radio 20 years ago. And it felt harmless. It felt... Fine. It didn't seem like a very big deal at all. Yeah. In turn, like, the, I didn't feel any. Certainly, felt no ethical compunction or or concern about indulging in the fantasies of of like lunatic people. Yeah. People, like, and like people. This is what
3: you started the show talking about. Conspiracy theories used to be fun, and now they're not.
2: Right. And like grifters, like people just making shit up about. Like Godzilla uh, Godzilla's real, actually, like like that level <laughs> yeah. of insanity, yeah uh, <laughs> uh you know, and then, and then also, like in some ways, the discussion of paranormal things is interesting to me, and I think that I think that there is a lot in the world that we do a poor job of explaining, if not necessarily, if we can't explain it, we don't necessarily do a great job of explaining it, right, yeah, and I think that people have genuine experiences now, I think. Largely, that genuine experiences of the paranormal, whether that's ghosts or or whatever, can largely be explained by uh, the brain being this incredibly bizarre and powerful thing. Yes, that we often don't like, we just simply do not have any control over the inputs that it's taking in, and then the sensory outputs that it's telling us that we're experiencing. Right. So I think that like. Yeah, people have experiences of ghosts that are incredibly real and meaningful to them, and also probably are just fucking weird neurological things, right? Like, things that we just can't explain. In the same way that people have religious experiences, genuine, like, transformational religious experiences that, to me— I'm happy to explain away as just your brain in conversation with itself. Right. Right. Like to me, it's not that in the same way that I'm perfectly willing to accept that free will is a thing that I believe that I think that I possess, that it feels like I I do, that I can reach out and pick up this baseball that's sitting on my desk and place it back down. And I chose all of those things but it may well be an illusion, and I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Right. Like it may well be that I'm I, that, that, that the Big Bang happened, and fucking 14 billion years later. This is just the natural, the deterministic result that the words seemingly coming out of my mouth, of my own free will, is 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 was secretly determined 14 billion <laughs> years ago by forces completely beyond my control. Right. Certainly, that's true in some fundamental sense. Uh, it's not true of my experience, right? right. So the, the, I, I hold those two. Th- why am I talking about that in terms of ghosts? I'm just sort of pointing out that I'm comf- I, I've always been comfortable, sort of living in that paranormal space of like yeah some people fucking experience shit that they believe to be real and who am i to tell them that it's definitively not that
0: right right? it's i would find it interesting how people respond to these experiences remember i just uh I think I just was, like, one day telling you about the, the, this experience I would have, and you were like, oh, these are uh, shadow people thing." I didn't know that. Right, f- oh, yeah,
2: Abe, you're talking yeah. about shadow like, I, people. Yeah. yeah,
0: but to me, I didn't know what – I was like, ah, some weird shit happened at night, and the first day it was scary, and the next day it's like, ah, that thing again. And, you know, That's I Abe. but The first so- time
3: it was scary, <laughs> and then, eh.
0: <laughs> it's like, you know, you, in football they see uh, – exotic look, you know, the quarterback and then they oh, I've seen this before and they figure it out, you know? That's how kind of yeah. I was, right? But if someone else Can we, can
2: we we're going to have <laughs> we have to pause there and unpack the experience of shadow people I yes. think for the is so how I explain like if because I found out about shadow people by listening to coast to coast AM okay. and in my it, what I've heard about shadow people is that usually in the early morning, like when, when light's a little bit weird one way or another, yeah. or the light in your situation is sort of strange and you're maybe just waking up or just going to sleep and out of the sort of the corner of your eye, you see shadows yeah, the moving across this the
0: weird kind of thing. Yeah, But in my experience, it Can wasn't still just at them. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm, Kind of like Bob described, I'm kind of looking at them from the corner of my eye. But uh, the additional thing that was happening to me is like this shadow person was pulling my blanket, right? Or at least that was the feeling that I had. Like, fuck you, guy. I'm trying to sleep. And (laughs) it's trying to.
3: Oh, and, and can you move?
0: No, I'm like almost like in a sleep paralysis. It's it's,
2: it's weird, right? And that's the other thing: is sleep paralysis, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you can't actually move <laughs> as it's happening. Yeah.
3: yeah, and it's the best thing. And the best thing is that there's consistency from person to person of what they look like.
0: Yeah, it it's it's like the same. There's it the was old
3: hag. There's a couple different like archetypes.
0: Right. Yeah, mine was basically the same, and th- th- maybe that's why I was so used to it. After oh, this, but if they kept on shifting, then maybe I would be more concerned but it was kind of the same kind of thing and i just thought maybe it's just in my head that's how i kind of explain most things but that's not a satisfactory explanation for some and so that's why they go into this ridiculous
2: nonsense that's something right and it's only what's what's funny is that you're there's something about a person who's willing to accept that there are shadow people in the world and and there's a there's something called the Jersey Devil that exists. Uh-oh. Oh, what's that? That like terrorizes kids at camp. Okay. And like it just like fucking eats kids, oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> and there's the Mexican chupacabra. <laughs> like like all these weird uh, what are they called? There uh, there's this weird way where a a willingness to believe these different like cryptozoological animals, the Bigfoots and the chupacabras and the Jersey Devil and and like Mothman and shit like that. You're only like a half step removed from like UFOs, and then you're a half step removed from big government conspiracy, yeah. right? Because if they can lie to you about one thing, right. then they can lie to you about everything else, right? Yeah. And it, like when it, in the context of coast to coast, I am, my brain doesn't just say, yeah, that's fine and, and it's harmless. I'm like, I actively think like there should be an outlet. For people to be able to discuss these things, because it's interesting and weird, and like not everything has to be definitively scientifically valid in order for it to be discussed out in public, right? right? Like there's there should be an outlet for that sort of thing. And so I haven't listened to Coast to Coast AM in many, many years since since the pizza day. Is, is it still and around? Yeah, they're still doing it. Fucking that shitty George Norrie still oh, hosts wow. it, even though Art Bell's been dead for years. I have no idea what the feel of the show is any longer and and or how I would feel about it listening to it now. But yeah, like Laurie said, this is something that we talked about at the start when we when we first came back about how like watching Loose Change that that goofy 911 documentary yeah. it didn't feel like I was doing something fundamentally wrong, like not that I believed the shit. Yeah. Not that like it was not that I I thought that it was important or that it mattered. But, like, watching it didn't feel like an act of—it just didn't feel wrong. Right. Whereas now, indulging in that sort of conspiracy theorizing kind of feels wrong. And I wonder if this violent act of destroying the Georgia Guidestones, which ultimately, it's, like, utterly victimless. Like, right. it doesn't actually fucking matter. Right. But, like, you take the idiots who built the thing, who either—they either did it as a joke, as a way of trolling people who would take it seriously— or they were taking it seriously themselves and, like, therefore should be mocked for it because, like, this is absurd, this thing that they did. Similarly, like, I want to mock anybody who takes seriously the Georgia Guidestones to the point where they either, A, want to have an executive order that has them demolished or, B, goes out of their way to plant a giant fucking bomb there in order to knock over these uh, these many-ton granite slabs. But what I'm not sure about is... How are we supposed to interact with that world? With this this world of like of, of the the QAnon weirdos who believe that there's a literal uh, pedophile cult that's in charge of the world? That if I listened to them talk about it on coast to coast 20 years ago, I would have laughed and in, and had a great fucking time, right? Yeah. Because my feeling is that they're so far removed from ever actually being able to do anything. Uh, with their crazy ideas, that it didn't fucking matter, right. right? And it was just this silly thought exercise that was entertaining for me to indulge in at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Friday when I'm delivering pizzas. But, like, now it, it's not. It, it feels much worse than that. And and how are we supposed to deal with these things in, in an age where enough people can come together and actually... Like, it's one thing to get on a party line and call coast-to-coast coast and wait on hold for an hour and a half to talk to the the guest who's written a book that he self-published that like nobody's going to fucking read. It's another thing to go on a message board where there are 5,000 other maniacs from across the globe out of 7 billion, which is a it's an impossibly small number if you find 5,000 people to talk to about this stuff, but it feels like a whole fucking community, right? right. So like how, how are we meant to or how can we possibly deal with the lunatics of the world when they're able to organize in such a way that it has such viscerally bad impacts on the world around us. And the Guidestones are are, are, a, are a nothing version of this, right? right? Compared to what happened with the, the guy who goes to Comet Ping Pong in D.C. Yeah. To, to try to find the kids in the basement, even though there's no basement, and ends up... He doesn't end up killing anybody. Doesn't end up shooting his gun, thankfully. But, like, it's the same fucking thing that allows... It's the same sort of shitty brain meme that allows the guy in New Zealand to shoot up a bunch of mosques that allowed uh, Brevik to do what he did in Norway, that allowed the guy in Buffalo to do what he did, right. right? Like, it's it's the same principle at work there. And it's a joke when it's these slabs of granite in Georgia that we wish still stood because they're a funny curiosity. But it has, obviously, severe negative impacts on the real world when it, when it comes to actual human life right i mean to your point like it does seem to be like a a numbers game like if
0: the audience was small if you happen to be up overnight listening to radio there's not that many of you right and so like it, the the message is not going to reach as a big of an audience as what we have now with the internet where information is readily available it's easy to digest it seems like as content is out in the forefront it's going to reach a much larger audience and it's almost like a numbers game inevitably someone is going to take that message seriously right so like if a few people hear or watch this youtube video from this candidate for governor here in georgia i mean i i don't know how you can't take it as anything more of as a joke but somebody is going to take it seriously just like all those stories from the uh, coast to coast, someone is going to b- buy into it. Just like how are people falling for these stupid fucking scams where uh, somebody sends you a message and you click on a link and then you know, you give them all your information and you get all your money. If enough right. people receive that message, their experience of the world seems to be different than most people because like most people can see it obviously some sort of scam. But in their head, it's like, oh, an opportunity or uh, maybe I can – get something in return. Or in the case with this Guidestone, this is indeed like some satanic thing. You know, they drew a connection to the virus and the vaccine, like some, whatever that nonsense was about, like half a billion people have this vaccine now that's going to make them go crazy. Somebody's like, oh, this is a source for evil. This is in my my state of Georgia or some neighboring state. I'm going to go and destroy it because maybe that will fix it, you know? And so Yes, in the grand scheme of things, it's not important. But like the the person who consumed this content and was uh, motivated to cause this, it could be something serious. Like I mean, oh, the Taliban that were destroying those Buddhist statues, right? Before this started blowing up the World Trade Center, right? Like the experience for some is that they honestly believe that that guy Stone meant something, right? And so you can apply that to something that is actually serious. It could be some public institution next time or some religious thing, like a Jewish uh, place or what have you, and then it'll become a problem. But I think it seems like it's a volumes business. Someone is going to fall into the trap, and someone
2: is going to act on it, and that's troubling. So obviously there's no controlling yeah. for it, right? Yeah. So, and that's sort of the, the heart of the problem. I don't – and it's not like I think that I should have – thought of my relationship with coast to coast is more ethically fraught i think that it my attitude about it was exactly correct which is like this is just frivolous entertainment and i like listening to crazy people talk about crazy things and also like it's good you know in in the same way that like it's important not to fall into a, a, a bubble online where you're only getting all of your information from one source even if it is like a good mainstream reliable source of information it is good to find out the other information that people are taking in? Yeah. In that same, after that same fashion, like I, what I liked about coast to coast is that it wasn't anything like anything else. And I got to, it opens your eyes up to a whole world of other crazy shit and other, other, what, what other people are consuming and what other people are talking about. And has anything about the way that we consume this stuff changed what what I was able to write off as as to me just felt like ephemeral and silly yeah. and overnight radio and who cares. Like, does the fact that it's transitioned from AM radio into the, the world of the internet mean that more people are going to take it seriously and that, that they're going to find each other and that the world is only going to get worse in this way? Because again, I don't think that it can be controlled for in any reasonable way. Is it just – is this just the cost of doing business in the modern world? Well, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a transition period. I don't know.
0: It, and it may be a transition period, but I don't think – I mean there's any responsibility that other consumers of that content have because in this current environment, I mean this person is not a hot-profile person. I mean yes, they're running for governor. But they didn't get a big, sizable vote. I mean, I know you're concerned by the 3%. But in the grand scheme of thing, it's not that big of a, uh, uh, a support base. But someone found meaning in what their message was, right? And so when you're on the internet, people seek out things to kind of like think that they kind of believe themselves or the, the way that their worldview aligns. And so people will seek the content out. So it doesn't matter if you are – laughing at you know if you share let's say because i think i shared this youtube clip with, with you guys a couple of months ago or whatever but like i don't think that oh i oh man i, I disseminated this content and then somebody watched it and they blew up this right. thing right i think people would have sought out that content and maybe it's just like you just kind of have to absorb the occasional violence like i don't know what the answer is because you really can't tail this right it's the internet it's everywhere like it's kind of hard to- Right, and
2: so but it didn't feel before like it was leaking into the real world yeah. right so like that's what makes the fact that candace taylor had executive order number 10 sort of so fucking crazy right yeah. which is that this is a person who didn't get her start like i don't know anything about her but presumably she didn't start by thinking about how the georgia guidestones were a satanic monument to the new world order or what have you and that it, it's a plan to Rule humanity with an iron fist, and it must be destroyed. She probably, because she couches a lot of her talk in like traditional right wing Christianity, in this concern that somehow the million abortions that happen in this country every every year are are now they they get transformed into ritualistic human sacrifice, right? Yeah. So like for all of my. I mean, it's funny to think of our last episode as me being happy and optimistic about the prospect of an American future, considering that I spent the whole time yelling into the microphone. (laughs) But, like, for me, that was relatively optimistic and happy, which is like, we could actually create laws that reflect the beliefs of the majority of the people in this country, and we don't need the shitty ass assholes in the Supreme Court to do our work for us, that we actually need to do the work. That's the optimistic version. The pessimistic version is probably more correct, which is that there will be in every, at, at every school board and in every county seat and in every congressional district in this country moving forward, there will be somebody coming at the life question from further and further to the right, right? right? To the point where in every contestable seat for public office for the next decade, there will be a right-winger who is saying that we just need to ban abortion, right? And there will be a non-zero number of people who get elected on the promise of being the most pro-life person in the race. Right. And that will itself automatically generate an equal and opposite reaction from the left, where instead of, in my optimistic version of the world, where we come together around the 70% of people who generally agree that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, we're going to end up with, once again, the maximalists driving the conversation. And so is that just a natural outcome of our incredibly shitty system where we've had this ideological sort over the last 50 years where the parties have sorted it ideologically which is like a staggering thing to think about when you consider that 50 years ago there was that ideological sorting just simply wasn't a thing right right? that being a democrat or a republican was relatively arbitrary relative to the things that you actually believed 50 years ago whereas now any as we've said where my old thing about how everything is everything if you can find like a single data point on a person in terms of what they believe about a a single piece of public policy you can probably pretty reliably pin them down on like a thousand others right
0: (laughs) you can fill in the blank pretty accurately right you don't need these fancy algorithms like if you believe this one or even like the language you use you know the way people the discourse like the the issues that you care about there's so many things that you oh this is this kind of person or maybe we're stereotyping i don't know but i suspect that oftentimes we we would be correct
2: right and so if if that's the case if it's if it's the case that we're just in an era now where all of our institutions are are sort of or at least our our public facing uh, government institutions are all but designed to funnel the worst people with with the most extreme views into public life as a, and and that, and that's on the right, this gets couched entirely in terms of this. I mean, it's not as explicit as what Candace Taylor is saying, where it's a a battle for the, the soul of our country against Satan himself. Right. But it is often like the, the guy in Pennsylvania, Mastriano. Is it Mastriano? Yeah. I think that's yeah. right. Mastriano is running an explicitly Christian nationalist campaign, yeah. where he's saying like, "We are going to like separation of church and state is a bogus lie, right. and we need to knock down that wall in order to have a Christian nation again." Like th- this guy, he might not win, but he might very well be the next governor right. from Pennsylvania. Right. Like it's a it's a total fucking toss up in that state. It's a five point race or something, according to the recent polls. So like, there's a good chance that this guy who is as extreme. on one end from a, a Christian nationalist perspective, as can be imagined in public life, basically as a really good shot of being the next governor from Pennsylvania and further is going to be perfectly willing to disregard the results of a democratic election simply because it doesn't uh, comport with what he believes is possible for the people of Pennsylvania to to actually do just based on what he says don't you think i don't know I, I, I don't know that i have any answers here i'm just rambling but it just it feels bad that these are the sorts of people who are even even with just 3.6% of the vote it, the, it that that Crazy life coast to coast i am life is invading uh real life in more profound ways than ever before, and it's not good don't you th- i mean I guess the optimistic
0: well I don't know about optimistic, but like i I'm usually not so concerned with these kind of things i mean I, maybe I should be, but like these movements are not very good at doing things right like they can't pass any like piece of legislation to do things it, it, it's good at like being destructive at undoing something that already is or being punitive towards a group that you don't like like this negative stuff and but it's not good at actually passing pieces of legislation that helps anybody right and eventually people are i mean people are unhappy now there was like a uh, some study that came out there like The last couple of years have been like the most unhappy people have been since they've been doing this poll or whatever. And I guess because of the pandemic uh, is partly the reason. But it seems like people are not satisfied with the way things are. And so bringing on people. So let's say all the predictions, 538 has a new model prediction. Let's say there's a change in party in Congress, right? And you bring in some of the wackadoodles uh, on the right uh, in 2023, right? You'll have government shutdowns, all this uh, brinkmanship, uh, the debt ceiling issue will come up, and a lot of reckless, irresponsible things will happen, right? And what would be the reaction to – That people are like, we don't want this either, right? Like, so eventually, I don't know
2: how many cycles it will take. isn't the natural reaction that people just check the fuck out? Some, but isn't the natural reaction that people just don't pay attention anymore? And isn't that largely the thing that we should be most concerned about? Which is that people realize that oh, this is just a bunch of fucking crazy people, and ultimately, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to go back to tending my garden here in my local city and doing what I can in my own. But the
0: only the only the only issue with that is that uh, things can always get worse, right? You may be uh, uh, disgruntled because things aren't getting better, but you're not like, well, I'll go tend to my garden because this is as bad as things will be. Things, if you just abandon ship and you just don't participate in the process, things will get worse. Like that Mastriana guy will probably be like a moderate in five years, right? Who knows? Some other wackadoodle is going to come to his right, and things will just perpetually get worse until people participate so maybe the 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 next angle will be to change the system to give people more options maybe have a no confidence some other mechanism to kind of disrupt the current trajectory that we're on where it's just like you have like a ineffective party and then you have like this mostly destructive party uh and it's like what
2: do you do well looking at your optimistic view of things uh we can pivot to this story out of croydon i think is how i'm going to choose to say it New Hampshire, which is a small town in New Hampshire. I had heard this story, I forget where. I think maybe they mentioned it on the Slate Political Gab Fest a couple of times. But the New York Times yesterday, I think, published a lengthy story about what's been going on in Croydon, New Hampshire over the last six months or so. And to sum it up, it's a headline. One Small Step for Democracy in a Live Free or Die Town, a cautionary tale from Croydon, New Hampshire, where one man tried to foist a change so drastic it jolted a community out of political indifference. And this comes down to a couple of folks, they call themselves, not that this matters, but they they associate themselves with what's called the Free State Project, which is a bunch of, quote-unquote, liberty activists who have committed to move to... New Hampshire because of it. Because
3: live free or die. That's right. Because
2: live free or die. Relatively light taxes up there, and and a tradition of of minimal government intrusion in the lives of everyday individuals. Croydon, Incorporated in 1763, is among the New Hampshire towns with a free state vein running through its granite hills. This was hinted at in 2020 when Ian Underwood, a town selectman aligned with the free state, proposed eliminating the police department as a way to fire its sole employee, the longtime and somewhat controversial chief. This Underwood guy managed to cancel the police department in 2020. Not not as a, as a nod to the George Floyd protests or anything along those lines, but So he was literally defunding the law enforcement apparatus. Yes, literally defunded the police in Croydon, New Hampshire. He went on. He's not satisfied with defunding the police in his little hamlet. He proposed a budget for the local school district that cut the budget in half. So it went from like $1.7 million a year to $800,000 a year and would have resulted in people having to fork over, pay pay out of pocket for their children to go to public high school, Uh, because of course there is no local public middle school or high school, they have to send them elsewhere because it's such a small town, so instead of this being covered by everyone, Underwood uh, wanted to know why, pointing into the crowd, that guy should have to pay for that guy's kids to go to school, and so instead they cut the budget in more than half, and because so few people were there at the Uh, initial town meeting when this happened, uh, the, the vote passed 20 to 14. And this is like, it's the sort of town where it's like your classic New England fucking bullshit story where everything happens by direct democracy in this town because it's such a relatively small town but people had grown accustomed to not having to fucking worry about this sort of thing and so they stopped going to the town halls where these things happened all the time and so just 20 people with a, a libertarian streak in their bodies could decide that they were going to rip half the funding away from schools and so it required this this big thing this is a it's a really interesting article if you care at all about sort of small town politics or are interested by that sort of thing it's absolutely worth reading i'll make sure that the link is in the show notes to to sum up the response to it they needed in order to overturn this which was absolutely done legally like it was totally within the rules they needed to get at least half of the town to show up to the next vote that in, in order to pass you had to have plus 50% turnout. In order for this thing to be overturned, you needed 283 voters to show up. The turnout ended up being 379, and they voted 377 to (laughs) 2 to overturn the budget. Uh, Because, of course, the people who didn't want the thing to be overturned stayed away, because they were trying to deny them the necessary quorum to actually do the thing and, and restore the funding. The moral of the story here that the Times takes out of this, it, it paints a pleasant picture about how, yes, we had grown complacent. We, we were no longer involved in our local politics. And then this maniac comes in and says, we don't actually need to pay for school. And that, that lit a fire under the asses of the, of the people who care about such things as educating the next generation, uh, regardless of your personal income level and got everybody out to vote and to and to fix the thing so that's the most optimistic that's sort of what you were hinting at a few minutes ago when you said look if things turn to shit badly enough that will wake enough people up to actually show up and get stuff done and this this croydon new hampshire example which i'm almost certainly pronouncing wrong and if i showed up in croydon new hampshire saying croydon new hampshire like that they would run uh, me out on a stick. Are you th- no,
3: it's your right. It's your right to live for your dad. That's right,
2: yeah. yeah that's the <laughs> other thing about New Hampshire is that they, they fucking hate interlopers. <laughs> they hate people who just show up. And that they don't, you, you haven't got great-great-great-grandparents buried in the town, then you're not a real local right. no matter what.
0: By the way, uh, the idea is not to wait until the, the house is on fire, but sometimes people don't do anything until things are broken. You can get ahead of that now by just... I guess, yeah, pay, paying attention to your local um, uh, community and, and the goings on. I'm surprised that states don't have these kind of public services like baked in either to their constitution or to enshrined into law
2: to avoid well, this sort that's of... That's what live free or die I is know, all about. Like, is that The sort of thing is not baked into the constitution. I know, but
0: this live free or die, you can't you can have it to where a couple of yokels can just come and disrupt Uh, A community like this And by the way Was it Madison Who was one of these Old farts Uh, If men were angels No government would be needed Like these These libertarian types Do they understand The people Who would fuck things up In this freedom utopia they, They dream of The reason why we have these stupid fucking laws is to prevent people from doing stupid things, you know, because people can be assholes sometimes. So nobody likes the rules, but it's to kind of keep everybody honest. I do
2: agree with you. Like, it's good that people should get out and, like, show up to their local elections and and pay attention to the school board and all of that. But is that not also, like, uh, really bad? (laughs) That is true. There was that story in the Times a few few weeks ago. I don't think that we discussed it on the show, but I will— make sure that it ends up in the show notes at the very least the woman who was hired in out of maryland she was a black lady who was hired to be that's right an administrator in
0: my neck of the woods
2: in in georgia for Scythe county i think or somewhere somewhere down there in in the north georgia suburbs and like she got caught up in a in a critical race theory panic basically this is a, a Person with a very sympathetic story, and of course, presented entirely sympathetically by the New York Times. So, I suppose if you just have an automatic distrust of that particular outlet, then you will automatically ignore anything that they have to say about this but to me her story was very compelling and and very bad for the people of georgia because they hired somebody who is perfectly qualified to do the job that she was hired to do and then never let her take that job and then after she took a job in a neighboring county after she took a job in cobb they ran her out of town there too because they heard that oh this is just a this is a a crt import from Another county, and that th- th- this is not what we want in our Cobb County schools and all of that. So obviously, the, an activist class of people that suddenly become interested in local politics yeah. is all good. Certainly, <laughs>
0: that is true. I mean, this is like a like it's like, a, it's like a new variant of the NIMBY thing, where it's like it didn't have to be based in reality, because uh, I suspect that they came to that conclusion because she was black right like if because she didn't actually promote any of this stuff that she was accused of but they're like oh black person coming from the north Uh uh-oh they're gonna try to do a thing and that's basically all it took to kind of light the spark that led people to just think oh i read it on facebook in my little group it's got to be true and they're like trying to see if they saw her in this local hardware store or whatever like all these like ridiculous like things in a story um, and you're right yeah i guess too much participation is a bad thing <laughs> i don't know what, what's the right answer right. <laughs> not enough is bad too much well, is usual, bad as usual it
2: just comes down to it's too much participation from people that i disagree with is a fucking But bad no but thing, at least right? you know th- this is not. This is more than just disagreement. You're
0: just making things up, right? If it was just like I don't believe in this or whatever, and there was actually that was happening, then okay, let's talk about it. But you can just make things up, and then I have to take you seriously.
2: It was just full of shit. No, no. I I could easily get into a big discussion about because Lori has poked fun at me before about like what would 25 year old you say about the things that nearly 40 year old you is currently saying.
3: Not good things.
2: Right. Sure. Largely, that's a response to what was and probably still is a pretty serious, like anti-government, vaguely libertarian-ish, small L libertarian-ish uh, natural inclination that I have and slash had back then. Uh, but again, like there was a reason that I never went full Ron Paul. Right. right? There was there was a reason that I always felt you that. You went
3: mostly Ron Paul. Sorry?
2: No, but I always kept it at. I always kept it at arm's length, like it. It never, like I never. Yeah,
3: but that's just how you are with everything.
2: Right, but there's it's sure, the but there's a like. reason why I keep things at arm's length, and it's because like anybody who's that severely committed to one particular set of ideas, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't know that necessarily it's even possible for one person to have figured out all of these ideas and and know how to run the world, right? But libertarianism, more generally like i've I've never been able to square the circle with yeah sure in theory your plans would be great up until the point that you like literally meet any other human being in the world and and then (laughs) what the fuck are we gonna do Uh, i mean
0: what's the for instance what is the libertarian answer to the homelessness crisis in some major cities where it's like public area their own problem like make those places private and then like charge them for trespassing or something like right it seems like people have these
3: that's their own problem they should have worked harder. right
0: but people have these like lofty ideas and i think you know like in your head you're like it would be nice if things were that way i mean they're not but it would be nice but you need to have structure and order and like laws that benefit uh, society but if you have a problem like that what do you do just shoo them away they're they're Free people, just like you. Why can't they take, take a shit in the park. Right?
2: right. Well, it's just it's just so fucking obvious. Like, why do we want to pay for... Why should that guy pay for that guy's schooling? Right. It's like, well, because, like, we live in a fucking yeah, exactly. society, <laughs> you baby. Like, what are you talking right. about? We all have to fucking live here. Like, it's and, the... Like, it's just...
0: And it's also... I mean, education... And not just, like, babysitting, you know, some of these, like, underperforming school kind of things, but, like, actual, like, a solid education is very transformative, and now you become... You can do other things. You can be a productive member of society. You're part of society. You know, you're not shooting up the place or whatever. That's good for everybody, right? So like you can't be so short sighted like, well, I shouldn't pay for it, right? Like it's it's like we need money to pay for the basic stuff. And then everything else you can keep and do whatever what you want with. Like that works. Like I don't know what society that you can point to that has it the other way where it worked. This
2: can right. work if you let it. Speaking of things that work or don't work, the New York Times has released its first major poll ahead of the uh, 2022 election cycle and with with eyes on 2024 as well. It has President Biden with a 33% job approval rating. Not good. It's as low as Trump ever got. And that was... After Charlottesville is when <laughs> Trump got that bad. Uh, Trump generally hung out in the in the low 40s throughout his presidency. And the low 40s would be very good news for Joe Biden right now. Now, do, do you think these polls
0: ultimately matter? Because what was uh, the final number for Trump? 46, 46, 47, when um, actual vote counting happened? Uh, didn't he lose Uh, by like four points or something to Biden's 51 right so like during the actual running of the presidency people can express their I don't like what's happening so negative I do like what's happening positive right but when it comes this is not like a necessarily a great predictor for what happens two years from now even though I don't think Biden's going to run at this point but some of these like polls like a year in or two years in they usually kind of bounce back to somewhere in the 40s, and it'll just be a matter of what is happening at that moment when they vote on November, whether it's in 22 or 24, right? So, like, it's a good indicator of where things are now because no one is happy. So I'm actually surprised it's not lower than it is, but uh, it doesn't really mean much for two years from now.
2: I mean, it means that Joe Biden can't be the president again, But again, you know right? mean I, So,
0: okay, I, let's say Biden— because I think what really sunk him were the double the 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 Delta surge and the Afghanistan pullout. Like if you look at the poll, it was he was in the low fifties, uh,
2: yeah, high thirties. So, uh, we can point to specific and, things, and I agree with you that recovered those were bad. From that, right? Right, but it's just a, it's a general sort of. I mean, not to use the cliched word here, but it's a malaise, right? right? There's a there's a general belief that he's just not doing right. anything of consequence. And that that the country's not in a great spot. Both true. Both true, but what I'm saying is if that weren't, like, let's say
0: those numbers held and he was somewhere at 50, 51, whatever, you know, and the the, the negative, uh, the the disapproval number was 39, right? Let's say he was above water by 10 points, right? The main issue with him is that he's way too old, right? So even if he was above water. Even if he was doing a good,
2: even if he's doing a good job. I don't think that he would be above water in terms of should this guy be president again, right? Because we're talking about somebody who would be finishing their term at eighty-six years old yeah. if he managed to hang on yeah. that long, if he if, if he if he got reelected to a second term. And by the way, the only Republican that he can beat is Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, and I think, think the, that the polling
0: when they even with this terrible thirty-three percent, they're like, but if it's a head-to-head against Trump, he still has a few points on him. So you're
2: right. So the same poll that says he's at thirty-three percent approval, he would get, uh, he would beat Trump forty-four to forty-one, right. according to. Uh, this poll and yeah, it like it's silly to stick somebody else in that as a hypothetical and then run it against some other hypothetical, but for whatever reason, it feels less silly to do it when it's Biden against Trump in in terms of a rematch. Right. But uh, the Democrats, if you now again, it's a small sample. It's only two hundred Democrats or something like that in this sample of eight or nine hundred people that they that they did for this poll. And so largely this is just a content exercise for the New York times more than anything else. And they'll hump this poll, uh, through the rest of the week, I'm sure with, with article after article about it, but people don't fucking care about anything right now besides the economy. That it's the only thing that any of them actually care about abortion, barely fucking registers, even with Democrats. Like it's something like 10% of Democrats even care about, uh, about that issue on a, on a national level uh, It's it's just about the fact That he's too fucking old And therefore they don't think That he's doing a good job Largely because he's too fucking right. old I don't know what the plan should be For the Democrats because again If I could ideal scenario it The National Democrats should be passing Like broadly popular And not that far reaching legislation uh, But of course they don't do that They're not doing anything And they're allowing themselves to be owned by the so-called moderates in their caucus uh, by mansion and cinema and instead of actually governing they're throwing their hands up it's the same thing that the obama presidency devolved into yeah where he, he just threw his hands up and said well i can't actually do anything so i'll just sign these executive orders and it's not going to matter anyway because i i can't be reelected." i don't know i don't know what the so- what you do here besides like hope that somebody Somebody like a, Gavin Newsom is, is making noises here nationally. He came out with an attack ad against Florida. Of all yeah, interesting things. strategy. Like he wants to be the next governor of California, and the way that he's doing that is by running ads in Florida about how people should move to California, which is like demonstrably the opposite of what's actually happening, <laughs> uh, where the population is fleeing from California Fling, to Texas and in Florida instead. the bit
0: strong, but yeah, people are leaving. Uh, still, by a comfortable margin... Is the number one state in the country? What? A, what yeah,
2: about, sure. But what is Newsom trying to I do? Don't. He's I, trying to also build. It's really a...
3: big. That's cheating. Ma- it's cheating when California's like, look, we have everything. <laughs> it's like, well, you're an entire <laughs> yeah, coast. I know. <laughs> it's you're the size of countries. Yeah. Like, back yeah. off. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know what his thing, and maybe he's. Uh, Taking the wrong lessons from that recall attempt that kind of backfired, and he's like, "Man, everybody loves me, and uh, I'm gonna run for the world," or so. I don't know. He's kind of he was kind of like humble a little bit when he was recalled, and then when the numbers came out, were like, "Oh wow, people definitely don't want that other guy." So maybe he's kind of taking the wrong lessons from there. What I mean, my thinking is, if uh, things continue in the current direction, Biden will need to find an opportunity in 23. To do kind of like a Lyndon Johnson thing where I'm just going to focus at the task at hand. Maybe the recession stuff will kick in. I'm going to commit to this term. I'm not going to accept my party nomination for the next term because the the needs
2: are so great. You know, dress it up a bit. The needs are so great that I just need to— So what does he do then? Because he can't endorse Kamala well, yeah, Harris so, because she Kamala's cannot win. Out, yeah. So what does he say? He says, I want to let the American people decide, and we should have an open primary? Uh, just like
0: you know, my, uh, my bullshit uh, prediction of uh, Tucker Carlson on the right, uh, the, my bullshit prediction on the left is going to be the Colorado governor, Jared Polis. I know not a high-profile name but
2: zero name recognition, zero name recognition. Right? outside of this outside of this yeah. room in the state of virginia Just nobody knows bill who clinton
0: he also had a little name recognition uh there was a lot of uh this old geezer bush is not going to do much and there's a lot of a big race in in 92 and he came out of nowhere he got in that's my bullshit theory but i don't know uh you're right
2: kamala harris is basically stuck now because on one hand, she. Wa- they tried her again. So she's been. She hasn't been on the national scene much lately. They ran her out to uh, CBS this weekend. A, a big interview with with Bob Costa this weekend, and that was. It did not go over very well. She doesn't. She's just not at all an appealing person. What and, happened? And she does she, not speak. And
0: she seemed like she's kind of lost all uh, whatever charm. She, she, maybe she never had I don't know what happened. But like she no, just. She
3: never had it. She's condescending and rude.
2: Yeah, everything just comes across as like. Oof. Like I don't know. Yeah, but she's
3: always been that way. It's
2: because she doesn't ever appear to be thinking, and she appears to always know. Like it's but that. She's it's judging. That, it's she's that, judging. That, it's that combination of I know exactly the way everything is and should be, but I also haven't put any thought into it. Like with Obama, at least there was this appearance of like. For all of the people denigrated him for his professorial nature, at least it seemed like he had like put the work in had thought about these things and like even if even if it was a bit much for him to be thundering about hope and change like with greek big grecian columns behind yeah. him at least he always seemed like the sort of person who'd put in thought yeah. into the things that he professed to believe kamala harris right. doesn't appear to have ever thought about these right. things but yeah this has been and i think I, i'm sure she thought oh this is gonna be great
0: i'm gonna be riding uh, the coattail but this old geezer who's can't possibly run in 24 he'll hand off the baton to me but now all the negatives of Biden are just going to be transferred over to her if she tries to attempt to run like if she gets the blessing you know all the Democrats get the blessing by Biden saying I'm not running I'm way too old I'll make some bullshit excuse or whatever but you guys start your uh, campaigns and do whatever anything that Kamala Harris does or says she can't go up uh, against the current administration. Like, yeah, things are not going well, but when I'm in office, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs>
2: right, and because because the it, current administration, like, anybody within this current administration is going to be poisoned with the negative right. Biden right. approval right. rating, right? Like, it's not just about Biden. It's about the fact that nobody really trusts that there's anybody capably running the show behind the old guy right. who's not actually doing anything right. either, right? Like, that's part of the, the disappointment with Biden. And if Newsom has an appeal... It's that in the same way that Biden sort of doesn't appear to fucking believe anything at any point in his entire life, except what he's saying right in that moment, yeah. right? Like, he's com- he's completely trying to sell you on this very fervent belief that he has about this thing that he hadn't even heard of five fucking minutes ago. Is like, that's the entirety of the Biden sort of appeal, which is just he is at the center of... He's on Team Democrat, and you can rely on him to have the opinion, the the moderate center opinion of whatever Team Democrat generally believes, right? And so when we talk about him going up against... Trump, the reason that that worked, that a a, a more quote-unquote woke person wouldn't have worked, is because everybody else on the left felt the need to engage with Trump on the bullshit culture warrior stuff, and Biden could just be like, huh? Come on. What are you you talking about? (laughs) Like, I— Woke? What? Yeah. I, what do you even like? Yeah. We just want to do, uh, you know, daycare for kids. Right. Like that's good, right? We have, people like daycare for kids. Like Newsom's got a little bit of that. Like I think he's more willing to play the game. Like he'll, he'll play the rhetorical games with the culture war yeah. stuff. But it, to an extent, he doesn't seem to really believe anything either. Like his the the appeal of a Newsom is like you just sort of have to like the guy, and believe that he's a charming fellow, which I don't particularly. But at least you he wouldn't engage. I mean, maybe he right. would. I don't know. But the, what I'm saying is that the, a successful you know what,
3: Democrat California is all automatically like right, wolf.
2: and so he'll be painted by Desantis or or Trump or whoever as a as a radical leftist from from California. But you need. In order to beat these fucking right-wing culture warrior grifters, if you're going to beat a Ron DeSantis or a Donald Trump, because DeSantis is 100% willing to play the Trump game on the culture war oh, front, yeah. you need to be oblivious to it, right? Because right? at, at at any point that you're a lefty who engages on the culture war front, you have already lost. And I think that, that is, it, it, people are more naturally aligned with the republicans on this stuff than they are naturally aligned with the democrats at least in terms of what motivates people to get out and vote and and care about things right most people don't want to be scolded for not being woke enough and if you're a, a democratic politician right now the best thing that you can do is to just not engage with any of the culture war stuff at all
3: to be clear you're saying if you just ignore it it will go away (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what I'm saying. But okay. It is the you way should, the you'll way. You'll
3: listen to this tomorrow and hear what you said.
2: The way to beat the way to beat Trump or DeSantis on this stuff is to just act oblivious about it and be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking. C- what is CRT? What are you? Yeah. What are you even All talking right. about? You're making shit up.
3: It would be cool. And if, who is,
2: so? So then, who is the Democrat who can do that? I don't know. J- Jared Polis. Um, it Paulus. would be
3: cool if Ron DeSantis is the bad guy, right? He's Florida. It would be cool if he. Ran for president against Pete Buttigieg, and then something came out about Desantis being gay. Because something will.
2: Oh, it, I don't think that's likely to happen. But
0: is there, I didn't know there's. A, is he uh, suspected of being as such? No, he's yeah, forty three
2: and married at. with oh, children. Oh, please. Yeah,
0: that's really, <laughs> that doesn't
2: mean that's, anything, Bob. Come that's,
3: on. That <laughs> uh, seals it. Uh, married.
2: I I think that's just a. The trope about how the most fervent anti-gay politicians always end up being the ones who are fiddling under the airport bathroom door. Sure, but like, what you don't understand about somebody like Desantis is that he's not fiddling under the airport door. He just recognizes that people, that this is a a a front in the battle that he can win on. I don't like this. He's he's not a secret self-hating gay. He's just a opportunistic politician shithead. That's all. We'll see. But
0: I think uh, a, a a new face, somebody in their 40s or 50s, definitely not another old geezer, would kind of change the dynamics a bit to say, OK, this person didn't have the baggage of the old stuff. And that would kind of give you uh, a chance. On on the right, I mean, can DeSantis go at – I know that they've been kind of quietly uh, – were the, the, the stories I keep on reading about the DeSantis camp trying to take on Trump, but – if Trump tries to make a go for it, DeSantis uh, will have to wait until it implodes somehow before he can challenge him, right? I don't know if he would want to go up against him and get right. steamrolled. Well, like,
2: uh, Mark Leibovich wrote the book, Thank You for Your Servitude, Donald Trump's Washington and the Price of Submission, essentially saying that all of these Republicans, despite you know the initial sort of negative reaction to the fact of Donald Trump being in their party and trying to take over the party from them, uh, they all ended up if not necessarily kissing the ring, at least sort of bowing to his dominance in some way, right? You know, even, even people who, you know, the Ted Cruz's and the and the Lindsey Graham's of the world, even Mitch McConnell to an extent, and, and Paul Ryan yeah. were willing to compromise on their deeply held belief that Donald Trump was an abomination for the Republican Party because in, in no small part, because they he could pass fucking tax reform, right? right? And that that's what they did in the in the early years of the Trump presidency it's the only policy thing that you can really point and to that the they actually got court? done the supreme
0: court justice right plus the supreme yeah.
2: court nominees yeah. levovich said on the on television this weekend that a lot of Republicans that he talked to, the feeling that he gets, and in fact, one of them gave him this exact quote: "Is we're just sort of waiting for him to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The only yeah. that the only thing that we can do as a party is hope that he dies, na- like you know, naturally oh, yeah, of, of, course. Of, yeah. of natural yeah. causes. Certainly, no, no funny business here. No Shinzo Abe nonsense. Right. No, no homemade guns uh. by maniac forty-one-year-olds, which is how Shinzo Abe got it in Japan last week." I don't know that there's... By the way, I don't know that there's anything interesting to say about that, except... Uh, I well, mean,
3: it's interesting. That's a bummer.
2: Except for... very bad.
0: Except for, perhaps, uh, the, the, the crazy guy's motivation is that uh, some cultish religion that uh, Abe's family is associated with uh, caused the financial ruin of his mother, and, like, he was... Right,
2: like, his, his mother gave a bunch of money to this religion that apparently Abe's family has some relationship with this this religion. The that, Moonies, that they have some relationship whatever with. they're called. Yeah, yeah, some weird Christian angle that they have. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, the, and, and then, of course, you worry about, like, when whenever you see high-profile political assassinations, it has that... You get that bad feeling in your belly about, like, copycats yeah. and like whether or not this is a thing that just sort of gets out there. But, you know,
0: um, uh, other than the uh, natural death uh, uh, scenario, why not... Uh, quietly egg on like the january 6th committee or the justice department to kind of rein in trump somehow like some sort of legal thing that makes it impossible for him to run again because then and then it can point to oh the system fucked my boy trump but quietly they're happy because he can't run because you
2: cannot run first of all and I, i don't know if i've said this on the show They will not prosecute Donald Trump. The Justice Department 100% will not prosecute Donald Trump. And the reason for that is that there exists a possibility, no matter how small or large, it it is somewhere between a a 100% possibility and a 0% possibility. But because somewhere on that spectrum there exists the correct answer of, can Donald Trump get off? Right. right. And and because it's a non-zero right. number, you cannot prosecute Donald Trump. Right. right. The the only acceptable way to prosecute Donald Trump is to have Merrick Garland come out and say, we're going to prosecute Donald Trump for this, this and this. And then for like half an hour later, for Joe Biden to issue a, a full pardon to him. <laughs> Popular right? Biden. That's the only <laughs> it's, it. it's the only way to do right. it. Because you cannot actually take him to court with 12 Americans in charge of determining his fate and rely on those 12 Americans to not have a single MAGA shithead in the bunch, which is all it would take. Right? Yeah. And are you telling me that they'd be able to strike all of the <laughs> jurors who, who might possibly be sympathetic to Donald Trump in some way? They could have their right? jurisdiction like in D.C. Just, I'm sure they can get a pretty uh, neutral. Thing. You could get a pretty favorable jury, but you cannot run that yeah. risk of Donald Trump, get, of, of having the Attorney General of the United States, of the party that deposed, that stole the election from him. Yeah. Right. So now you've got the entire yeah. administrative state, the full force and fury of Steve Bannon's evil administrative state coming after Donald Trump and then failing to do the job? Like, right. as they say in the, in the Wire, you come at the yeah. king, you best not miss. You especially better not miss if you're the Justice Department of the United States prosecuting a former president because he will be more powerful than ever right. before. And it sounds silly, but I mean it in as big <laughs> and as silly and as as mythically as I can possibly summon, you will have created... Um, you have, you will have re-injected that monster with the testosterone and the human growth hormone necessary to make him worse than ever, right. and and allowing him that even slight possibility of getting off from prosecution like you're just better off not you're better off just laying out the terms of what he did and why it was wrong and bad and saying we cannot abide that ever again but you cannot allow the possibility that he gets off on the prosecution. Right.
0: I, think, I think you're right and I'll take the over on the 100% it just will look weird that they're going to be airing out all of these incriminating things that he's doing and they're going to reach a conclusion like well <laughs> that's that. He did all of these things most of them are legal. Uh have a good day and just
2: move right. on. Right. And but in terms of what DeSantis can do, like all he can do is hope that Donald Trump gets like visibly older and shittier in the next couple of years. And that like maybe like because otherwise, if Donald Trump wants the nomination and he's not like obviously physically decrepit, I think that he will get so, it. Yeah, right? like
0: you think DeSantis was like if he's in the way, I can't really do much to, to go at him. Trump uh, in a political sense. Uh so I'll just wait
2: until 28. The problem is that it's not a compelling argument to say, look, I'm not 80. I'm half his age yeah. and I'm everything that you want in a in a leader that's not Donald Trump that that is Donald Trump except that I am only 45 years old. It's just not a winning argument in a political context. Could he say between- <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> When when Donald Trump is on the other side going, look at this fucking pussy, right? right? Because that's what he's going to be doing.
0: I mean, what if he literally just did what Trump would do, which is to say, Trump, he's weak. They stole it from him, and he had all the power as the chief executive, and he did nothing. He just did nothing, and he left. I wouldn't do that.
2: Well, But then you've lost the 30% of Republicans who are dyed in the wool and forever forever Trumpers. Like, I I don't know. I don't think it's – you can't – can you win the presidency by taking a shit all over donald trump <laughs> no. as a republican no. and i don't think that you can no. you can as a democrat yeah. but i don't think that you can as a republican but
0: that would but that would be the
2: worst scenario for republicans to have a old geezer
0: trump twice impeached going up against like some relatively young new person who didn't have the baggage of the biden years
2: right yeah except the, you must recognize how completely inconceivable it is for a sitting president to abdicate the throne and further not hand it to his vice president like it's just it is such a long shot <laughs> in terms of the history of LBJ this country did it,
0: hey i'm not gonna run again fuck it i'm going home one of the primary things that he regretted right yeah, but he was, died was like doing a f- that yeah i mean but it can be done and he has the perfect out Biden. I mean, he's the oldest elected president. All he did, his legacy, he can actually turn his legacy around. The only reason why I was here, never mind my presidency, I got that guy out. Because if he wasn't in, all these other idiots with their stupid pie-in-the-sky plans would have ruined it, and we would have this guy for a second term. So I got him out of the way. Figure it out, America. I'm going to
2: go home. All right. one last thing here tonight before we go. I don't know what this episode is. Anyway, and this is probably not interesting to anybody except nerds like me but the Webb space telescope has produced its first images now this is That's cool it is very cool and uh t- by tuesday morning while i'm editing this nasa will have had their big press conference where they unveil the big first tranche of images that they've come up with they've only released one so far they did it uh, biden had a press conference this evening where he showed off the the first one And it's uh, what they do, uh, it's a picture of deep space, uh, a way of understanding just how tiny a picture it is that we're looking at, is if you imagine yourself holding a grain of sand away from you at arm's length and holding that up against the night sky, that is the tiny little speck of of deep space that we're looking at in this picture. Wow.
3: As usual, I'm inclined not to believe it.
2: So there's the picture. Neat. Oh. It's unfucking fathomable to think about, but the reason that they chose this spot in the vast universe to look into is because it's a cluster of galaxies that creates such a gravitational field that it actually magnifies the light that's coming in from behind it so that you can look even further back. Because it, it, that the gravitational field actually functions as a lens, essentially, as a, as a magnifying lens. So you take your telescope and you point it in this area, and it, it's like it, it, it has a doubling effect on what might be behind it. And so they're looking at things that were 13 billion years ago. So this is, this is from the press conference. Biden said this is the oldest documented light in the history of the universe from 13 billion years ago.
0: Holy hell!
2: They don't fucking know that. Uh, and it's right. Laurie says, "How can you even know?" I they want to read. They don't know that.
3: There's no way they know that.
2: Right. So one of the, one of the most ambitious of the Webb telescopes missions is to study Are some, some of cool? the first stars and galaxies that lit up the universe soon after the Big Bang, 14 billion years ago. Although Monday's snapshot might not have reached quite that far, it proved the principle of the technique and hinted at what more is to come from the telescope's scientific instruments, which astronomers have waited decades to bring online. I I just want to read a couple paragraphs from the end of this article, which, of course, I'll link to in the show notes, but by the time anybody listens to this, this will be super old news, because, like I said, tomorrow morning at at 10 a.m., there's another press conference where NASA is going to unleash a whole lot... More of the data and images, but I was just reading this, and it's the sort of thing that I really like. For the astronomers, engineers, and officials watching on Earth, the deployment was a tense time. There were 344 single point failures, meaning if any of the actions had not worked, the telescope would have ended up as useless space junk. Instead, they all worked, uh, which is just inc- like this is a decades long yeah. thing that they all had to work on for fucking forever and then uh, over the last few months they've been deploying this telescope sort of bit by bit and every single little thing they did was a failure point for the entire mission and it ended up fucking working which is just too fucking cool and now we have this we have the next generation what what amounts to the the next generation hubble telescope out there in space and it's going to teach us answers to questions that we didn't even know to ask and despite Laurie's skepticism about it, any any of this actually being real, is super fucking cool.
3: It's cool. I just don't think that we know what it is. Just like shadow people.
2: <laughs> You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. If you can find the show on Facebook or Twitter, head on over to brainiron.com, castironbrains.com. You can send us an email. It's brainironpodcast at gmail.com. You can also comment on the show's page on our website over at brainiron.com. Uh, recent comment on the show's webpage is Lori is right about American trains.
0: Oh, oh look at that. that.
2: Your mother said that. I'm not sure what oh. she means by that, and it makes me doubt even uh, that it's feasible like, to, it makes me to make me doubt the it entirety work. of what you said about American trains. Uh, even more so. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well uh,
3: My mom I get it from her. My mom's in into trains and I'm into trains, but not so into them that we're weirdos, you know. Just, but like fuck flying.
2: Also, Corey, listener, Corey summed up last couple weeks ago episode by saying that I went on an epic rant. Not sure about <laughs> that. It was certainly a rant, not sure how epic it was. And also uh Steve, who we talked about uh Americanly across Europe last week did, in fact, hear us discussing him while he was galumphing Americanly across Europe. Well, you look to that. Hi, Steve. Hope you had a great time. The opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillick. You can find his band at tetramermusic.com. T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com. I'm assuming that they'll have new shit coming out soon, but if not, listen to the old shit, because it's pretty great.
0: Abe? Yes?
2: Did you make it to the movies? Did you see Thor, Love and Thunder?
0: No. Uh, since uh, I was away on vacation, I did not see Thor. It looks like not going to be that good, but I'm going to see it this week. I did take my nephew to go see Minions or whatever, some uh, kid yes? movie. I don't I've never seen the other ones uh it was fine. Like you know, the kids liked it.
2: Well, yeah, what a good uncle <laughs> taking the kids out to the movies. A oh, family man, Abe here. And did you dress up? No. Did you did you do the TikTok so trend I was, and dress up as a gentle minion? I was wholly
0: unaware of that whole thing until a few days after I went to the movies. Nobody in, in our theater did that, by the way. Okay. Thankfully, uh, although there were a lot of kids there, nobody was dressed up. On the TV front, very early on, I'm watching The Old Man with Jeff Bridges first episode is uh, yes. good, but I haven't seen the rest, so we'll see how that goes. And um, What 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 platform is that one on? Oh, uh, FX or Hulu or one of those things. Um, okay. Basically, got old CIA guy, blah, blah, blah. Pretty good. Uh, first episode. And another show, I think it's also on FX, Hulu, or whatever, which is The Bear. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it the last time, but pretty good show. I don't know how... The whole season works because they're all kind of like talking over each other and i don't know how that
2: what's the premise what's the hook of the show
0: so hey this guy he's like this uh award-winning like chef type whatever he's like the younger brother his his older brother runs some greasy spoon type place in chicago he gets into debt kills himself blah 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 the brother feels an obligation to come back and take over that restaurant and he's trying to class up the place but all the people that work there they're like <laughs> the people are here for you know the tried and true staples and there's a little friction there but it seemed like it's well regarded by the critics and uh, the first couple episodes gotcha. were pretty good it's the guy from shameless the kid it, it, like i said it's not bad
2: cool uh almost certainly won't watch that because there's uh, too much goddamn television in the world there is indeed. I was recommended, heartily recommended by a listener of the show, the Thousand Man Jerry, said that we need to watch Severance, which is an Apple TV show. Oh, I did see uh, that.
3: Wait, does Jerry want to give us his Apple TV password?
2: <laughs> Although Apple TV is super cheap. We can cancel no. one of the other ones. No. Anyway, no. Uh, that's one. That one's supposed to be. I've heard good things about that. It's a great and show. And he said that it's. Is it? Is it good? It's a very good job. You're,
3: you're, uh, anyone wants to give us their Apple TV yeah. password, by all means.
2: We don't share, Pat. We're not uh, fucking dirty communists <laughs> over here. We don't steal other we people's passwords. We are when it passwords. comes to
3: Apple. <laughs> I'm not giving them any money.
2: I was thinking about my next computer possibly being a Mac of some sort. Oh, how dare you. Want to branch out a little bit, try something new. I don't think we watched much. We were on... We, we were haven't.
3: We were with a bunch of people. With we people. watched nothing. We did watch
2: a couple episodes of the new Netflix reality show called So You Want to Build a Sex Room or something like what? that. It's where home improvement meets you're not getting enough horniness because Cinemax isn't good anymore or something <laughs> like that. But they have... It's, it's like... Uh, any one of these goofy like home reno shows, except that it's for people who want to build a kinky room in their house where they can do the fucking outside their bed. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, that's like, why don't you just people with bedrooms? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Whatever. I'm not gonna judge.
2: How are they explaining that? room show. I judge the
3: whole time. Is... The whole time I'm judging.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of judgment going on from Lori as we watch this. It it has an element of like morbid fascination with it's the same question that i have anytime i watch any reality show which is like why are these people putting themselves (laughs) out in public with this as like their introduction to the wide world and i was like i was watching it i was watching this couple and i'm thinking like did they choose this show because they wanted a sex dungeon in their house or were they making their way down the list of reality shows to apply to in or, in order to be on television.
3: We'll never know. Yeah. And they
2: got to the Make Me a Sex Dungeon show and they're like, "Yeah, all right, we could apply for that." And the, that that was the producers who who called them back and that's why they're on this show. And now they have to be like the weird kinky sex people in order to be on television. <laughs> like, I don't know. Does that do these rooms double as something res- more respectable during the daytime hours? Oh, no, no. very much not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, very much. It's very cock-heavy in the in the decorative.
3: Boobs, too.
2: Yeah, lots of... Oh, boy.
3: More ladies things, because women are better.
2: <laughs> I mean, imagine a coat rack, except it's all cock and balls. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just cocks. All, just all the cock part. All of the hooks are just cock and balls. Uh, <laughs> this is a couple with a three-year-old. It's fine. And this is like you're ruining yeah. this child's life. Some day their kids friends are going to recognize door. your parents. The
3: kid can't see it. No, it's
2: and bad news. And what's the
0: what does this do to the resale value of the home? What if they're trying to oh, we need to get to a better Depends like school on district. on who you're
3: selling it and, to. Yeah,
0: presumably
2: it it hurts, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> It's like the old thing, like, you don't want to buy a place where somebody got murdered, right? Yeah. You don't want to know about that. Like, please have done all of the necessary cleanup and, like, fit, you know, change out the carpet or whatever if there was a family murder that happened here. Although, what are the chances of... Same this? thing. Yeah. Like,
3: I hate to break it to anyone who's bought a house, but, like, people have had sex there. Yeah, so. yeah,
2: people can... they. Uh, I recognize that in any room in a house, despicable and unspeakable acts of a sexual and possibly fecal nature have taken place, and I don't want to know anything about it. But what's not okay is to walk into a place and to be be accosted by (laughs) all of the various... Uh, and specific kinks that the people you're buying the house from, yeah. and like that. Now you have to. Now you know exactly what was going yeah. on in that room. <laughs> it, like it's it's an it's an unwelcome intrusion. Right. Ignorant. Not how I want to go about future real estate purchases. Right. Ignorant. We've been
3: watching The Simpsons.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: Can't go wrong with, with that. the kids. We're not watching the the sex dungeon room with the kids, <laughs> but we are watching right now season three of The Simpsons. Oh, so good. With the children, it's just spectacular. What a great show. Yes an amazing show and of course now i can't watch the simpsons without the knowledge that this was how abe came to understand america which is which is sort of it's recoloring my experience of the simpsons in in pleasing ways is to imagine like 12 year old abe watching the simpsons as a way to fully grok the american experience highly enjoyed definitely recommend that's where i learned my english Anyway, you uh, got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will talk to you next time. Later. You,
0: now your because now and then, if I'm pushing myself to the limits of my conceptual ability... Hello, everyone. A few days ago, I penned an irritated tweet... What rules, you sons of bitches?
2: A few days ago, I penned an irritated tweet.
0: Because such things matter when the accusations start flying. Twitter's a rat hole in the final analysis.
1: A few days ago, I penned an irritated tweet. Because such things matter when the accusations start flying. Twitter's a rat hole in the final analysis. What is a in the final analysis? A few days ago I tweet.
0: The reason I'm doing that rather than speaking extemporaneously is because now and then if I'm pushing myself to the limits of my conceptual ability, then I have to choose my words with the undue care that writing allows. And up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who.
2: I don't know where this he says fucking it. fucking sucks. At some point, he says, I'd sooner die than <laughs> right. delete the tweet. <laughs> Which is it's fucking amazing.
3: Who is this person?
2: He's just a guy. He was like who's a professor a from
0: Canada, and then... Yeah, yeah. It was...
2: It, this whole thing seemed like a, perfor-
0: it was a weird performance that's not distinguishable from really like is. somebody doing a parody of him,
2: right? Right. But it's... <laughs>
0: I can't wait to watch it.
2: What a weirdo. I don't know what happened to you there. You went away. Oh
3: he's still here for
2: me. Oh, only one away from me. I don't know. Uh yeah. we didn't get into it obviously for good reason, but like we'll see who cancels who. <laughs> like this is a like this is like it's like the Tucker thing where I don't know how people who have previously taken you seriously when you start talking about uh uh sunning your balls yeah. in order to get more testosterone on yeah. them, right? Like how do you continue to take that person seriously after that? And I guess it just comes down to the fact that, like, if you took the guy who told you to make your beds yeah. as a way of having a more profound life, if that was already you were taking him seriously, right. then this is no further bridge, Exactly, yeah. Uh, but, like, I don't know how... I don't know how you come back from something like that. Like, it's just the most humiliating thing you can imagine. You have to watch the whole video.
0: I, oh, I'll, I'll watch it uh, in, in the morning. But it, it, this guy seemed like he's kind of spiraling. He needs to settle down.
2: He's completely insane. Yeah. It's bizarre. Anyway. Hey. Uh, yeah. I'll talk to you later. Good night.
1: Now and then, if I'm pushing myself to the limits of my conceptual ability...